0: This is Christ Culture and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical critical thinking. Hello, I'm Robbie Lashwell. Welcome to Christ Culture and Coffee. I'm here today with our co-host who's back from Japan, yep. Tyler Hurley. I'm back. I'm glad you're back, Tyler. I'm glad you're back safe and sound. Yep, it's how was exciting.
1: You, how was your trip? Uh, it was awesome. We uh, we had a good time. We ended up uh, sharing the gospel with a lot of college students uh, at the main campus. That's about, uh, I'd say, like 20 minutes or so from uh, J House, the church we stayed at. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ministry has been really kicking off there. Lots of, uh, um, lots of people have been coming to Christ and uh, getting more involved at J House through that ministry. And so uh, that's been awesome. And then uh, not to mention, there were lots of different uh, professions of faith and uh, kids at the VBS who accepted... Christ for the first time that's and cool. uh, that was just really awesome to see that and to um, be able to work alongside with the J House members so it Dude, was, that's it was so a lot great. of fun
0: yeah that's awesome yeah. cool well you while you were in Japan drank yes. coffee Yes, uh, and we want to start with a coffee tip. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember that. That's what we do here because oh, you've been yeah. gone. But... I forgot because we've been. <laughs> I've been gone for so long. So long. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, no, but yeah. So you've got a coffee tip for us this morning.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is what's interesting now. Uh, for I know that so many of you uh, go to Japan regularly. Yeah, so right. I'm there uh, all the time. This is a great tip for you, but uh, no. But in all seriousness, uh, if you ever do visit Japan, or if we have some listeners in Japan. Uh, there is a really good coffee restaurant called Komeda. Kometa Coffee. How do you and spell that? It's uh, K-O-M-E-D-A. Komeda. E-D-A.
0: Okay. Komeda. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, basically it's these restaurants that are really kick- – they've really kicked off in Japan, and uh, um, it's uh, – what makes it so special is not even necessarily uh, the coffee itself that they serve mm-hmm. there, but they have this kind of uh, Danish uh, pastry that they have there that's called – uh, it's kind of well it's kind of like a pancake and basically it's described as a warm fluffy danish bread that is baked crispy on the outside with soft serve ice cream and syrup on the on the side of it and on top.
0: Oh man, so do you guys have like that for dessert and stuff?
1: Yeah, well that's actually the crazy thing is it it is a very dessert type uh Pastry, but yeah. we actually had it during breakfast one of the days oh out there in the gosh. morning because they served it alongside <laughs> with the coffee there. So okay. it's like, yeah, it's it was good. So you're like,
0: oh, this must be a breakfast food. It's deep fried dough with ice cream yeah, on it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean,
1: we had options to get like egg egg sandwiches and stuff nah. like that that they
0: had. but not I was when you like, can have nah. ice cream for breakfast. Yeah,
1: that's it was great, great, man. So we had that, and then um, we really ended up enjoying it. I think. Uh, um, About two or three of us had it, and I got to try one as well, and Mm -hmm. they're really good. So if you're ever out in Japan, look for Kometa Cafe. That's awesome, man.
0: Pastries do enhance coffee, too, and coffee enhances pastries. They do, yeah. Yeah, Um,
1: it's just in general, like, it just makes it taste sweeter. And it does.
0: Even sometimes if you take, like, like if you're eating, like, a real chocolatey dessert even, and if you put, like, you, you spoon out a little coffee onto, like, chocolate cake or something, oh, dude, it's okay. so good. I've never done that before. Yeah, that's and just, you know, it just adds a little bit. It's just a little different. Um, but, yeah, coffee and dessert, especially ice cream, oh, man, that's yeah, so good. it's fantastic. And then the thing is is they don't even really have, like, a whole lot
1: of creamery or, like, stuff that they give you with it. It's just straight up. Oh, like, okay. Like, it's they give you little sugar packets, but it's weird. Their sugar packets come in these little capsules that look like it's creamer. But oh. then when you open it up and pour it out, it looks like clear water, but it's really just like liquid sugar. <laughs>
0: it's really weird. That's funny. That's yeah, different. But,
1: but yeah, so uh, um, it just enhances the coffee, but it was really good. So I, I had a good time uh, enjoying that while I was in Japan.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> coffee tip for today. If you're in Japan, go to Komita Coffee. Yes. That's the deal. I'm going to try it next time I'm over there. There you go. Next if time. If I right? ever go over there. <laughs> Hopefully one day. That'd be cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Good. Well, Thanks. I'm glad you're back, bro. All right. Well, today, uh, the topic for today is eternal security. Can a Christian lose their salvation? I actually got an email from a couple of different people um, about this topic, and so we thought we would, we would address that. Um, but I want to read to you one of the, one of the emails. Um, uh, the person who emailed said, my question is, can you lose your salvation? If so, could you explain how? And if not, what does that mean for people who give their life to Christ at a young age, but then t- they turn away, or something happens in their life that brings them to hate God? Is there any scripture that can support either side of this argument? Um, and we would say, yeah, there is. There's, there's mm-hmm. scripture that can support this side of the argument. So just very simply, um, no, you cannot lose your salvation if you're a Christian. Yeah. This is the shortest yeah. podcast we've ever done. Thank you very much. will <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> No, but, I mean, that's, that's really what it is. Um, you, you cannot lose your salvation. So the doctrine of eternal security is that whoever once truly believes that Jesus was raised from the dead and confesses Jesus as Lord will go to heaven when they die. Will go to heaven when they die. Um, a person that, that has done that will go to heaven no matter what work or what lack of work they do or yeah. don't do. Uh, It's not based on our on our work at all. And um, before we talk about all the scriptures that back up this position, I do want to just talk about what is saved, right? We say that word all the time, saved Mm -hmm. and salvation. Uh, And in in scripture, there's actually three aspects to it. Justification, sanctification and glorification. Uh, Justification is our legal standing before God. We were cosmic criminals, right? We're in rebellion to him. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, when we believe in that, when we trust that, we are judicially um, set free. We're justified. The payment is paid. We're no longer counted guilty of what we've done. It's a judicial type thing. That's when we um, are saved to heaven, right? Justification. Uh, What happens in justification is that we're freed from the penalty of sin, now, sanctification is walking with the Lord, abiding in Christ, walking in the Spirit, uh, growing and being conformed more to Christ's image. Um, and we're all kind of on a different uh, spectrum of that, right? Are you, are you walking with the Lord? Or are you not? Where are you at in your walk with him? He will grow us, but we have to uh, allow that process to happen. But sanctification is about being saved from the power of sin in our life right? God really can give us victory over sin if we're walking in him and he's growing us. He can. So justification is about being freed from the penalty. Sanctification is about being freed from the power of sin in our life right now. And glorification is a future aspect of salvation when our bodies will be changed, right? We, we talk about getting the new body, right? Paul says, we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, and sin won't be in our bodies anymore infecting us and so that's when we're freed from the presence of sin so justification is being freed from the penalty Mm -hmm. uh sanctification is being freed from the power of sin in our life presently and glorification is being freed from the presence of sin in our bodies does that make sense yeah yeah good and so those so when we talk about lose your salvation what we're talking about is justification right Mm -hmm. can i be declared righteous and be freed from the penalty of hell and be going to heaven and then lose that and actually go to hell? And we would say, No. No. Yeah. No, you cannot. Um, and we've got a whole bunch of verses uh, listed. We probably won't get through all of them. But uh, let's just start, let's just, do you, do you want to just start reading the, uh, like Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? How do we get justified in the first place? How, how are we freed from the penalty of sin yeah. in the first place? Yeah, of course.
1: Uh, well, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, uh, For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, uh, but it is the gift of God and not as a result of works so that no one may boast.
0: Yeah. So we get justified by grace. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because Jesus died on the cross, right? He took our penalty on himself. He killed my sin on him. The wrath of God was poured out on him. What I deserved, he died for me, right? In my place. That's that's the idea. And if I trust in that, he offers me grace. Now, grace is something um, that you can't earn, mm. right? The very definition of it is unmerited favor. Yeah, unmerited meaning is. you didn't it earn right. it. <laughs> and so um, grace is how we're saved. Jesus paid it all, and he offers us forgiveness because he's good, not because we did anything good, right?
1: Yeah, and then, I mean, uh, also, like, to even think about the, the this whole idea, because um, also, like, uh, and you see in verse 9, it uh, also says, like, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, like, Paul even literally says that um, <laughs> as far as it comes to, like, by works of the law, he brags and says that, like, hey, if it were up to the works of the law, I, I had that down to a T, like, because yep. he was a Jew of Jews, like, he followed the law really well. So he's saying, but then but then he's saying that he counts as all as,
0: like, is nothing. It's rubbish, yeah, yeah. In, in Philippians, right? That's what you're talking about? Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. in Philippians, yeah. He says it's nothing. In, In comparison, yeah, with what Christ, is, who Christ is, knowing Christ, all of that is just worthless. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so the the yeah. whole idea that uh, um, that it's anything independent of uh, what Christ did for you is the idea that he's trying to say is it, it's just
0: not it, it's not anything that yes. you can do. It's it's given. It's given, and yeah. it, and it had to be because um, our works aren't enough. A hundred percent perfection is what's required. Mm-hmm. If you were a hundred percent perfect, you wouldn't need Jesus. The problem is, Romans says, we all fall short of the glory of God. James says, if you have transgressed one point of the law, you're guilty of it all. Yeah. I mean, so we are done for because that's the position we're all in. So we have to be shown grace. And Jesus uh, shows us grace through his death for us, but then offering us his perfection, his righteousness. Now, Ephesians 2.8.9 tells us how we get that. It is by grace, Right. Mm -hmm. For by grace you've been saved through faith. So we get the grace through faith. Mm -hmm. And the word faith, the word pistis in Greek, it means trust, right? Sometimes in our culture, faith takes on this connotation of meaning like warm, fuzzy feelings of real (laughs) sincerity, right? And against all logic and against all odds, you just got to have faith. Faith. Yeah, and, and uh, that is just such sort of a poor definition of it. No, it just means trust. So it's by grace we're saved through trusting in what Jesus did for us. Yeah. Through b- believing, right? Trust and believing. That, that's that's the idea. That's what it is. So, uh, an analogy one of my professors used to use is you know, if, if a guy comes up to you and says, Tyler, I have $1,000 here for you, mm-hmm. I earned it, I paid for it, right? Yeah. But I'm extending it, and I'm putting it right up to your face. Here, this is for you. Mm -hmm. Even though I did all the work for it, I want you to have this gift. Yeah. And he says, you just have to take it. Would you do it? Well, of course. Of course you would, right? $1,000, that's (laughs) a lot of money. (laughs) So if you reach out with your arm and you take the money, it's like the, the analogy goes, God's offering us this gift of eternal life that Jesus paid for. That Jesus he did the solidified work yeah. He did all the work for it. And he's saying, here, do you want this? And faith is our arm taking it, mm-hmm. right, in the analogy. Yeah. Now, once you take the gift, you put it in your pocket, you've got the gift. It's eternal life by definition, right? He's yeah. not offering us the potential of eternal life. I think that's really important. Yeah, it's not the potential to get $1,000. No, it's, it's $1, not $1, a voucher. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if you make it to the end, well, you can... No, no, no. It's, it is eternal life. He who has a son has life, and wrath does not abide on him. So yeah. how can you lose something that's eternal? If it's eternal life we're given... We can't lose that yeah. because then it wouldn't have ever been eternal life. It would only be the potential at eternal life. So if I take out and reach and grab that $1,000 gift I put in my pocket, I have the gift. Now what happens if my arm gets cut off? Well, then Do you, I not have the gift? No, you still have it. It's in your pocket. I still have the gift, but the way I appropriated the gift is gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's an important analogy because some people, man, they, they don't live faithfully for the Lord. Yeah. they trusted in Him. They're real believers. And then, I mean, right now, I'm thinking of three people I know that were real believers, and and they showed signs of it, and they loved the Lord, and they worshipped Him, and they followed Him for a time, and mm-hmm. then they just turned their back. And, then, and are they not saved yeah. because they turned their back? And then you
1: even have people who uh, who will still even say that they're they're believers, and mm-hmm. then they they just but they don't really care. Yeah, You know, it's like, that's the same thing. It's like, you, you live your life
0: how you want to, but you yep. say that you still believe what Christ, like, you're like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And but scripture then, talks about those types of people. Yeah. You know, Paul talks about the carnal Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a real thing. It's not, no, they're not really Christians because they're not walking perfectly or they're not walking in the Lord. It's like, well, what does walking in the Lord mean? Like, how often can I sin and still be a Christian? Yeah. I think that's an important question. I mean, Tyler, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but <laughs> do you sin at least once a day? Oh, Yeah. That's, Do you sin at least once an hour? Uh, that's likely, yeah. Probably, pretty, pretty right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about motives and thoughts, and man, we are just really messed up. I mean, yeah. that's where we're at. We're really messed up um, people, and so um, the question becomes: So, how how much sin is a Christian, you know, committing, and they're still a Christian? But th- that well, whole idea—that's the, the thing. What's the line? How much can you Cause, quantify? Because that's
1: the thing you got—you got to think about. It's that if if you want to say that there's a an area where uh, someone's salvation is gone and mm-hmm. taken away from them, there has to be a line. You yes. have to draw a line and say, okay, this is where you can see. Hey, the person is completely like. Yeah. Because you, you could say that someone like because if you if you don't set up a line. Someone – there's no limits as far as like what, what – what, like how a person loses their salvation. That's what I'm saying. So it's like yeah. you have to be, make a definitive statement and say this is what it looks like. If and you've that,
0: gone this far, you're done.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: But And Scripture never says that. It doesn't. But so yeah. the other thing is is that that whole mentality is looking to myself – And my walk and my performance Mm, as assurance of my salvation, Exactly. And so my friend Brian, he did a a sermon series on where should we look for our assurance, Mm. right? And I thought this was really interesting. And there's a couple of different places you can look. The first place a lot of people look is to their own life or to their fruit, right? People say this, if you're really a Christian, you'll be producing the fruit of the Spirit. And I would say, if you're really a Christian who's walking in the Spirit, you'll produce the fruit of the spirit (laughs) Um, and there's all these warnings of hey walk in the spirit right in 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 ephesians Mm -hmm. why well because there's a chance you might not do it that's why i'm telling you you need to do it christian um abide in me jesus remember in john 15 he says that abide in me apart from me you can do nothing abide in me abide in me yeah because the implication is if you don't, you'll do nothing. And that,
1: that's the point that they're making, though. That that message is to the Christian. It's meaning, to the Christian. Meaning to the person who
0: has already obtained salvation. Well, not obtained, but earned, uh, get, given their salvation. Through faith, Yes, yeah. through faith. They've already been justified because they've trusted in Jesus. And so that's the thing, is that if there's these warnings of, hey, make sure you walk in the spirit, Christian. Hey, abide in Christ. Not because that's what saves you, mm-hmm. but because it's better for you in the sanctification process, like we talked about. Yeah. But also... Um, since they say that, there's a real um, – you, you have to understand that be, because Paul says walk in the Spirit, it's because there's a chance I might not. That's yeah. the only reason he'd tell me to do it because there's a chance mm-hmm. I might screw it up and I might not do it. And so, so looking to ourselves as the reliable source for, uh, for our, our justification is just such a bad place to look to, looking to, to my works or my performance because the truth of it is I'm not that great. I'm I'm a pretty horrible person, and the things that I think and the the problems I have, right, all of this stuff, it's it's really difficult. So looking to um, to knowing I'm saved because of my performance, because I act like it, is a bad way to know that you're saved, Mm. because you fluctuate, right? Some days I feel like I'm living for the Lord, okay, and then others it's oh man, it's horrible. Yeah, I mean, one I've had
1: someone actually say directly to me in this conversation before is that, you know, the like uh, someone who uh, um. Was saying uh, about this idea of like what you have to show that you're saved, mm-hmm. and they were saying that uh, you you know someone is saved by the fruits that they produce from the spirit living throughout them.
0: Yeah. If it, but that only happens if you're letting the spirit live throughout you. Exactly. I mean, there's yeah, all yeah, of a, these warnings. Hey, don't sear the spirit. Right. Don't grieve the spirit. Yeah. Why would it tell us that if it's a if we if can't it's a do possibility that? that you can't? Yeah. We are. We. Th- they're telling us that because you can do that. Mm-hmm. So don't. Right. Um, Even when Paul says, so should we just keep sinning so that grace can abound? No, don't do that. Mm -hmm. But he's implying you could do that. So don't. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, so so Christians can live carnally. I know guys who who were uh, became believers when they were young, got Mm -hmm. into certain jobs or certain situations in life, totally walked away from the Lord. I'm talking heinous sin, bad stuff they did. And then later on, they realized, what am I doing? And they came back to the Lord. So if they would have died when they were in really horrible sin, are they not saved? No, they're saved. Oh, yeah. But they were just a carnal Christian at that point. So mm-hmm. looking to our performance is always going to make us feel inadequate because we're a mess. Yeah. So in Scripture, there's another place we can look to for our assurance, and that's to the Holy Spirit. 1 John 3.24 says, We know by this that he abides in us. By the Spirit whom He's given us, so through knowing that you have the Holy Spirit, you know affirming in your spirit that you're a child of God, you can have assurance. And I think that's better than looking at my performance. Yet I think it's inadequate because. Um, I'm still in the equation, <laughs> right? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit can be doing his thing, and he's perfect, and, you know, but uh, I can doubt it. I can, nah, I, uh, maybe, yeah, I, I they don't can, know. but we uh, fluctuate. Yeah, and that's so, the issue. so that's probably better than looking at my performance, but it's not the best. The best, and the place that it is talked about all throughout Scripture, is basing our assurance of salvation On God's promises. Mm -hmm. That's the most reliable source. That's the best source. Our assurance depends on God's ability to keep his promises, not on our ability to keep ours, Mm -hmm. right? And so I want to just go through some other scriptures and look at what are the promises that God said he will make to us and keep for us, right? Yeah. So um, John 1 12 says, but as many received him, To them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. How do you become a child of God? Believe in Jesus, right? John 3.16, we all know this, right? God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.18, he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. How do I get justified? I believe in Jesus. I believe yeah. that he rose from the dead and what he did for me, right? I think that's that's huge, man. And so, um, you know the prodigal son um, parable Jesus tells? Mm-hmm. Remember the son? He tells yeah, his dad, I wish yeah. you were dead. Give me my inheritance. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. And he goes to you know basically the equivalent of Las Vegas, squanders it all on loose living and on girls and mm-hmm. on gambling and alcohol and just squanders a ton of money. Uh, then he's so poor, he's taking care of pigs, which for a Jew, that's like abhorrent, right? That's the worst thing you can do is take care of pigs. Yeah. And he doesn't have any food, so he even is eating what the pigs are eating. Yeah. Right. He's at the lowest of the low. And he thinks, I'm going to go back to my dad and just ask if I can be one of his servants because I've just squandered everything. Um, but maybe he'll let me be a hired hand. So he goes back, and his dad's been waiting for him and watching and wanting him to come back. And his dad runs out to him, and the son goes into the speech, I, I'm so sorry, Dad. I, you know. And the dad doesn't even listen to it. He's just like, get his robe, get the ring, kill the fatted calf, let's go. My son's returned. Mm. And the point of that story is um, that kid was always a son. Yeah. Was there so. ever a point in the story where he wasn't a son? No. No, he was always a son. Now, he had a bad relationship with his dad for a while, they were separated from each other, he mm-hmm. was squandering his inheritance, mm-hmm. but he, he even when he didn't think he was a son, he still was a son. Yeah. That's what it's like, once we are justified, once we're adopted as sons, there's no going back. You can't not be related to your dad. You yeah. can hate him, You can have a bad relationship with him. You could kill yourself, but you will always be his son. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I think that when Jesus uses that analogy in in John about being born again, it's an important analogy because he's saying, no, once you're in the family, you're in the family, and there's nothing you can do to lose that.
1: Yeah. There's no going back. No matter what you do, too, the whole point of it is he's saying that he he still – counts you as his son with open arms like that's the whole idea
0: that's the whole idea now there was something lost he lost his inheritance right remember uh the older son gets mad Mm -hmm. and dad why why are you just letting him come back this isn't fair Mm -hmm. and the father tells the older son all that i have is yours meaning he doesn't have an inheritance in any of this Mm -hmm. all of it's yours so there is fairness he squandered something but he's still my son but yeah. you here, you're faithful with me. You've been with me all this time. All that I have is yours. You, you inherit all this, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's when you get into you know rewards theology. Is that yeah. Jesus will reward us for faithful living, but we don't get into heaven because of faithful living. We yeah. get into heaven because it's by grace we've been saved, not by works. So, you want to read uh, John five twenty four. Yeah, of course. Uh,
1: It says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into
0: life. You can't be more clear than that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, these are Jesus' words. I say to you, he who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life, does not come Mm. into judgment. That's it. It's about belief. He doesn't say believes in me and walks with me and keeps getting better in his life and really tells the line and doesn't commit too many heinous sins. He doesn't say any of that. It's just about belief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and John 20, 31, I think this is a great passage because it's the thesis statement of the Gospel of John, right? Yeah. Um, John actually says the word believe 92 times in his Gospel. So when whenever anybody repeats a word a lot, in literature, it's important, it's a big theme, right? And John repeats the word believe 92 times in his gospel, and uh, he doesn't ever use the word repent, which is very interesting, mm. never once. But then, the purpose statement of John's gospel is John 20 uh, 30 through 31, and this is what it says It says, Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The whole purpose John wrote was to tell people about how they can have eternal life, right? Yeah. Believe, 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 believe. I wrote these miracles down, and he just got finished talking about the resurrection. Yeah. I wrote this down so that you could believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing, have life in his name. So the, the whole purpose of the Gospel of John is how do I get justified? How do I get eternal life, right? Yeah. It's through simple belief. <clears throat> so I think that that's really simple. Um, the problem we run into is wh- what about people who are, you know, walking away from the Lord? What about people who are erring? Are what about people who believed and grew up in youth group with us and right now, they're just, they're just not living for the Lord at all, right? So does God go back on his promises? Some some um, theo- theological systems will say, well, they were never Christians in the first place. Others would say they had it and they lost it,
1: right? But then, but then that, that, like, again, <clears throat> that just falls back into the idea of uh, how much sin do you have to have in your life in order to say— hey, you know what? I'm no longer in Christ. I'm yep. no longer
0: a believer. Like, I don't... Yep. Or how much fruit you know do I, I mean? have to show? How much, how much good fruit, works... That's a good... You know yeah. what? That's a better way How much way of good putting works it. do I have to show? Yeah. And how much sin is too much sin? Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> it's <clears throat> like One time in class... I have to share this with you. It was so funny. Yeah. Uh, one time in class, there was a guy arguing with one of my professors, and he said, I don't think a Christian can have habitual sin and really be a true Christian. And my professor said, okay... And he said, how often do you think you sin? And the guy said, oh, maybe once a week. And we all laughed. You know, we're like, once a week? You, you don't, you know, maybe you don't understand what sin is. Like, once a week, you, you sin more than once a week. Yeah. Um, but our professor said, okay, maybe that's true. We'll, we'll just say that that's true. You sin once a week. And he said, how old are you? And the guy said, I'm 56. And so my professor said, okay, so you sin once a week, 52 weeks in the year. Fifty two times fifty six sounds pretty habitual to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, that's and hilarious. we were all—it was—it was genius. It was so good. And the guy's like, you know, he had nothing else to say. He's like, well, yeah. But that—but that's the thing. What are, what are we talking about here? And—and and if I'm saved because of my performance, then it's not by grace. No. Yeah. And and, and we are saved because Jesus did all the work. I think that that's so important. And God promises it's about belief in the Son, right? <clears throat> Even in mm-hmm. um, uh, Acts thirteen thirty nine. Through him, everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses, right? Mm-hmm. Acts 16, 30, and 31. Remember uh, the Philippian jailer? He asked he asked uh, Paul, what must I do to be saved? And what what do they say? Believe yeah. in the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus and you, will, you be will be saved. That's it, man. You, you, be, you, you put your trust in what he did. He did the work, right? It's not your work that saves you and i think another important point tyler is it's not your faith that saves you
1: yeah it's just like what we talked about with the arm reaching out to extend to grab the money it's yeah. like you could lose that arm but after you've already taken it you still have
0: it you still have the gift mm-hmm. it's the it's jesus who saves you his his graciousness towards you is what saves you he gives the gift of eternal life it's not how well you trusted it you know and i've talked to people and this is a common fear that christians have is was I really sincere enough? Mm-hmm. When I prayed a prayer when I was eight years old, did I really mean it? Was I really sincere? You know what? Your sincerity has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I mean, on a on level, right? Mm. You, belief isn't a, a level or degree. It's not like, well, I have like a 20% sincerity rate on my belief. Yeah, you it's, either believe something emotions, or you don't believe something. Because I think that's what people
1: get it confused with is emotional yeah it's like if you don't have an emotional spiritual high the moment you accepted christ then Mm -hmm. you don't believe in him i think that's
0: what people think that's what they think so i want to have more of an experience to to base my assurance on but that's horrible because your experience and your emotions are going to fluctuate all the time yeah it's always changing so it's got to be based on he promised it and i believe it i trust him um, there's a really good quote by uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones on, about faith and, and, and belief and what saves us. And he says, We must never say that it is our faith that saves us. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who saves you. If you say that your faith saves you, your faith has become a work and you have something to boast. Faith does not save us. It is through faith we are saved. Faith is only the instrument... It is not the cause of justification. And I think that's so good. Uh, I think that that's so, that's so true, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's Jesus who saves me, but I, I get the gift of eternal life through trusting in what he did.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jesus couldn't kind of have been more clear in that. And then you see in John uh, 6, 37 through 40, it's that uh, he says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And then this is the will of him who sent me. So this is God's will. That of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who beholds the son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. That is so clear.
0: I think it's so clear. Yeah, what is he saying, right? Uh, The will of the Father, right? I've come to do his will, and I will not fail, right? Mm -hmm. So Jesus won't fail, and he's coming to do the will of his Father who sent him, and this is the will, that all that the Father has given Jesus, he won't lose anything, but he'll raise it up on the last day. Our resurrection, right? That's what he's talking about. That's the will of his Father. Everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. So if we think we can lose our salvation, we have to think one of a few different things. Number one, we either have to think that God failed in giving Jesus um, people who believed who will lose it, Mm -hmm. or that Jesus isn't powerful enough to do his Father's will, and he loses some, right? So either Jesus is a failure or God made a mistake and, oh, how did that guy slip in? Yeah, he's not really going to make it. But the whole thing's not not dependent anywhere on work. It says those who behold the Son and believe in him will have eternal life. Mm -hmm. That's the will of the Father. That's what Jesus is going to uphold. So Jesus and, and God the Father have you like in a double fist grip. Both of them are holding you, right? So the passage says, no one can pluck you out of my father's hand. No one can take you out of my hand. Yeah. We can't lose our salvation. And hey, you
1: got to think about that aspect of no <clears throat> one. That also includes yourself.
0: Yes, no one. And some people will say, well, no, but I could give it back. No. No, because you said of, no one. You're yeah. part of no one. Another <laughs> passage that I think speaks to that, because some people will say, yeah, nothing else can take it from me, but I can give it away. Um, another passage I think that refutes that idea let me turn there, is um, in Romans chapter 8. And I I just love, I love this passage of of Romans. So in Romans 8, starting in verse uh, 38, the Apostle Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That aspect where he says things present or things to come. Mm. I've never heard anybody really talk about that. But you think about what, is, what does things to come mean? For us. For us, things to come. Well, if
1: you really think about it, I, I think the only thing that that can be describing is our own sinful
0: habits. Yeah, or maybe our own rebellion, right? Yeah, yes. or, or maybe my rejection of God for a time in my life. Yeah, That's a thing that could Mm. be to come. Maybe it's not. But um, all my sin was future to Jesus when he died for me anyway. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So my future sin is covered, right? Mm -hmm. He died for that already. That can't separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not things presently in my life, not things to come in my life, not my own stupid decisions in the future, not my rejection of God. Yeah. I could become a prodigal, (laughs) right? But I'm still Mm -hmm. a son. Um, and again, there is something that's lost in rewards, right? But it's not something that's lost in regards to entrance into heaven. You are a son you're in. But you could lose out on rewards and inheritance like, like we talked about. That's, that's a different podcast. We'll talk about that one day. But the other thing in this passage in Romans 8 is that he says, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Mm. You're a created thing, Tyler. Aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) And so am I. So wouldn't that also mean us? We can't give it back. We can't. And how can you lose something you never earned?
1: Yeah, that's
0: that's it. You can't. You can't. I I can't lose something that I never earned. Jesus earned it. He freely gave it. I took it. I trusted it. I have it. And he promises that forever I will be with him. I think that that's an amazing, amazing promise. Mm. One other passage I think is really cool with this is uh, 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13, and it's uh, one of the trustworthy statements in uh, 2 Timothy that Paul talks about, and um, it's in a chiastic structure, and basically, you know, a chi is a a Greek letter. It looks like an X, Mm -hmm. and so the chiastic structure, it's it's a poetic structure, and basically the way to describe it in English would be like an A, B, B, A pattern, where the A... Uh, sentence and the A sentence go together, and the B sentence and the B sentence go together. You've seen that before, yes? Where, or, or it's like A B C and then C B A. Yeah, where they they, they uh, reflect each other. They reflect mm-hmm. each other, or they or they rhyme with each other. Or, you know, yeah. there's different ways to do it. This is a common. Um, way of, of writing in Greek. It's a chiastic structure. And this is broken up into an A, B, B, A pattern. So do you want to um, read for us that, and then we can go through and, and d- d- dissect what it means? Yeah, of
1: course. Uh, so 2 Timothy two eleven through 13 is what I'm reading. It says, It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. And if we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself.
0: Yeah, so this is an interesting passage, right? Because it's saying he'll mm-hmm. deny us, but he's faithful. Um, What's what going on here? Well, it's a chiastic structure. It's an A, B, B, A pattern. So if we read the first line and the last line, those are the A line and the A line that go together. Does that make sense? Yes. So l- let's read it. Let me read it like that A and A go together. If we died with him, we will also live with him. Well, died with him means, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. I I believe in Jesus, right? I'm a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. That's how we die with him, right? Mm -hmm. So if we've died with him, we will also live with him. Justification. Does that make sense? And then the next A passage, if we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he can't deny himself meaning that I will live with him even if I'm faithless because he remains faithful. Why? Because he made a promise, and he can't go back on his promise. And my faithfulness isn't what saves me. His faithfulness (laughs) is what saves me, right? So those go together, and then B and B go together. If we endure, we will also reign with him. So now there's the work. Enduring is a work. Yeah. Well, it's not by works that you're saved, right? It's by grace, not by works. So if we endure, then what? We will go to heaven when we die? That's not what it says. No. It says what? We'll reign with him. Mm-hmm. You see, that's a reward, right? So if you do good work for the Lord, it doesn't get you saved in, in the way of justification, but it does give you reward in heaven. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Then the next B section, mm-hmm. if we deny him, he will also deny us. So these go together. If we endure, it will reign. If we deny him, which you know what that also is called? Not enduring. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> if we deny him, he'll deny us. Now the question you got to ask is, he'll deny us what? If B and yeah. B go together, he'll deny us the reigning. That's exactly what it's saying. Yeah. So you can, you can lose out on things in eternity, but not your salvation as a child of God, getting into heaven. But there's more to it. There's not just getting into heaven. There's reward in heaven. There's reigning in heaven. There's inheritance with Christ, all of those things. And, and you can lose out on those, but you can't ever not be your dad's son. Yeah. Once you believe and you're adopted, you're in. And so um, I think Scripture is pretty clear on you cannot lose your salvation. I don't think it could be more clear. Now, there's a few passages that are troubling, you know, in Hebrews 6. Uh, mm-hmm. What does Jesus mean in John 15? Abide in me. Um, if, if not, you know, the branches are taken and thrown in the fire, all of those things. Um, and we don't have time to talk about all of that. But you've got to interpret Scripture with Scripture. Yeah. And, and a key hermeneutical principle is taking the simple, easy-to-understand passages,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then when you get to more difficult ones, saying, well, they can't contradict the simple ones right (laughs) yeah and there's all of these passages talking about this is all you got to be saved nothing can separate you from this right he's faithful even if you're faithless so when we get to these ones and go oh man what does that mean go back to these others and see like hey they they would directly be contradicting exactly and the bible doesn't contradict itself so i think we can have assurance because jesus's work was perfect yeah mine's not but his was, and that's where our assurance lies—is in his promises because mm-hmm. of his perfected work, not in my performance at all. Because if it was based on my performance, oh man, I would be out of luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope that helps you. And again, I, this is just a this is just the start of the conversation on this, right? This isn't uh, exhaustive everything that Scripture talks about in regards to eternal security. But a book you should get is called "Once Saved, Always Saved," and it's by R. T. Kendall. K-E-N-D-A-L-L. Phenomenal book on eternal security. Mm. And he goes into the warning passages in Hebrews. He talks about the carnal Christian. Uh, He talks about weak and immature Christians. Just a fantastic book on how do you get saved, and once you are, you can never, ever lose it. So I would highly suggest Once Saved, Always Saved by R.T. Kendall. Mm. So. Tyler, I'm glad you're home.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Uh, um, One other thing I wanted to mention, just Mm -hmm. uh, this was a really cool topic that we were able to discuss. uh, And the cool thing about that is it was given to us by one of our listeners. Yeah. So I'm just strongly encouraging for uh, everyone who's listening, please uh, send us questions uh, or topics you would like to uh, learn more about. And we will either respond to you one way or another, and we'll uh, get back to you with those uh, tough questions that you may be coming across in Christianity. We'd love to help uh, just kind of bring insight through using uh, critical biblical thinking. So uh, just please uh, reach out to us. Uh, you can uh, contact us through um, our Facebook page or by email. E- either one of those is fine, but uh, we love to hear uh, what you guys have to say and the questions. We love to answer them. So.
0: We do. And also, if this podcast has been beneficial to you, Please tell other people about it. We want to impact as many people as we can with scripture, with truth, with critical thinking uh, in regards to classical Christianity. So please tell your friends and neighbors, people at your church, uh, co-workers about this podcast. Get them listening, to. Um, we hope it, it will be an encouragement. And if you have found this um, encouraging and helpful, please go uh, on iTunes and rate us. Uh, that helps us get more notoriety and um, reach a bigger audience, which is what we want to do because we want to be able to influence people for Christ. So if you would go on iTunes and you would rate us um, favorably, obviously that's what yeah. i like, <laughs> um, but be honest, and also leave a, leave a comment. Those things really boost our ratings so that we can impact more people with truth and, and with, with um, what Scripture says. So, thank you so much for being with us today. We look forward to uh, talking about another another issue next week. Um, but for now, we will uh, see you guys next time. Yep, thanks.
1: You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Whittier, Arizona.
0: For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.